0: The term boots on the ground usually denotes that action is being taken, that something is being done. Unless we're talking about Erin O'Neill and the Appalachian Legacy Initiative. And quite literally, when we say boots on the ground, we mean her boots. As she is on the ground every day, up in the mountains of Appalachia, working with horses that the world has basically forgotten. From mineral supplementation to medical care to rounding up bachelor stallions, it is Erin, her pickup truck, and her dogs doing 99% of the work. So when she accepted a partnership with this show, I was more than elated. And she's not paying me. I just want to help. This is how ingrained this subject is to me. As an ethnic Appalachian and a lover of horses, how could I not want to play some role in what's transpiring in Kentucky and West Virginia. So if you want to be part of the amazing work that Erin's doing, there's going to be a link to the Appalachian Legacy Initiative in the show notes of this episode, and I invite everyone to go click it. Even if you don't donate, just read a little bit of the work that she's doing, and you're going to gain a whole new appreciation for what it means to be a horseman. One of my most beloved sponsors has got to be Audible. I had an Audible account long before I thought about ever getting into podcasting. And Audible has an awesome gift for all of my listeners. And if you head over to audibletrial.com forward slash jryan, you're going to get a free audiobook on them and me. All you have to do is sign up for a free trial. And if you decide that Audible is not for you, and within 30 days, you can cancel No harm, no foul, you spend no money, and you get to keep that free audiobook. Audible has hundreds of thousands of books in their catalog, read by world-renowned narrators. From New York Times bestsellers to the classics, they're all on Audible. So again, head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash Ryan and pick up your free audiobook today. I want to take this opportunity to talk about our latest partner here on Behind the Horse's Eyes, and that is Herd of Zebras. You can find them over at www.herd-of-zebras.com. And Herd of Zebras is more than just an equestrian lifestyle brand. It's a global community of just badass people who inspire others with their perseverance, grit, compassion, and authenticity. And what other people might call scars, whether it be physical or emotional... They call stripes. It's the experiences and the hardships that cause us to become stronger, kinder, and braver. Unlock all of that over at Herd of Zebras. I wear their shirts constantly. I was lucky enough for them to send me some swag. Um, I've done some promotional stuff for them. I'm going to tell you, I am sold. The quality of their products is, is, is amazing. They're, all their products are printed here in the U.S., You're not going to find better people and people with a better message than Herd of Zebras. If you use the discount code JRyan at checkout over at Herd of Zebras, you're going to get 10% off of your order. All the info for that is going to be in the description of this episode. That's www.herd-of-zebras.com. Promo code JRyan for 10% off today. I bet you didn't know we had a merch store. That's right, we actually have merch. If you head on over to the description, the notes of this episode, there will be a link there to the merch store. and You can head on over to the Mediocre Horseman store. From there, we have socks, we have hoodies, we have tanks, we have tees, and there's new designs coming out all the time. And the special this month is the Feral Appalachia shirt. 100% of the proceeds of that shirt are going to help feral horses in Appalachia. And 50% of everything else that's sold in the store are, is also going to go help feral horses in Appalachia through Feral Erin as part of the Appalachia Legacy Initiative. So click the link in the description, head on over there, get something, help out some amazing horses, some amazing people, and uh, help me feed my horses for crying out loud. You are listening to Behind the Horses Eyes on the Illiterate Podcast Network. welcome back to another episode behind the horse's eyes um i am your humble host j ryan chastain join me as well i would say as always but you've been absent here a lot lately
1: well not a lot i was on the other day a couple weeks ago
0: my lovely co-host miss jessamine rice
1: listen i've been busy part
0: part part-time co-host
1: i've been busy i'm not getting paid
0: I know. I was about to say you. You just need a. You know, maybe if I gave you a raise. Yeah. Listen, like
1: at least fifty percent.
0: Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and write you that check for eight dollars today.
1: Well, fifty percent of zero is still zero. So <laughs> it's
0: still zero. Fifty percent of nothing still nothing. <laughs> uh, I mean, your name's kind of on the thing now, so I mean, you know, that yeah. helps. Yeah. On Instagram, on the gram, on, as We're the on kids the gram.
1: Say. Yep, we're out there.
0: We're, we're out there what's so funny is like the average person on instagram doesn't follow this show you know who does, does follow the show though who brands with hundreds of thousands of followers and bands with hundreds of thousands of followers
1: you know we're getting out there
0: yeah so you know like we have since so like, i i'm behind people I'm, I'm i'm like a typical western brand i'm 30 years behind on everything so I was like you know we need an Instagram. So I set up an Instagram and I looked and we had like 36 followers like after I set it up and I was like I don't think that's good. And then uh <laughs> and then I looked but like the followers are like Roosevelt Road and a cu- couple of custom saddle makers um another tack company uh Saratelli Hats. I mean, you know, I'm like you know We'll take quality over quantity.
1: Yeah, exactly. Quality over quantity. We'll take
0: them. Yeah, that's we'll right. get they, there. Yeah. And the show does great. Like the numbers are great for the show. For, in my opinion, I think they're great for a, a niche market, right? Yeah. Uh, better than average for a niche market. But yeah, it, it's just, it was funny. It was really funny that, uh, i hopped on the instagram and to look at that actual people that are following us we're followed by more brands and famous people than we than we are average
1: joes (laughs) Oh, we'll have to step up our instagram game get those average joes out there
0: that's right i need to give you i need to give you all the stuff so you can actually log in and do things yeah
1: yeah Uh, that that probably be
0: helpful that that on facebook too so yeah make you an administrator or something Um,
1: I'm so I'm an administrator to so many pages on God. Facebook,
0: and I'm an admin and stuff. a bunch of groups, and most of them are like sports groups, and they're all trash talk groups. So they all tiptoe that gray area of is this group going to get zucked or not? Yeah, you know, and it's, do not if somebody goes, hey, you want to be an admin in my my trash talk group or my shit post group? Tell them no, you don't want that responsibility. <laughs>
1: too much too much Live too much
0: it. so let's talk about horses since this is a horse show you had it a is. pretty so and for those that don't know uh uh jessamine as far as personally i know most of you at listed the show regular i love that mug by the way um uh, hell yeah is
1: cool.
0: it is it mccoy or usa look at the bottom it's usa it is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's you...
1: old it's it's old cape cod stoneware okay yeah it's from cape cod
0: your boy knows your boy knows his uh his his ceramics
1: sorry everyone we got distracted anyway back to horses back to
0: horses anyway um so for those that do not know uh jessamine's personal story she told it back on another episode uh way back in the beginning i think it's uh when, when some of the first few episodes that we did the show and that episode was one of the first shows that really took off and did really good. And just I, I, give us the synopsis for those that are not going to click back to what you actually do, the short form. And then let's talk a little bit about your experience uh, that you just had, which is flipping awesome, by the way. First of all, y'all are going to, if you don't know what Jessman does, you're going to be hundred percent jealous because I am, but anyway, go ahead.
1: Anyway, so I work for a therapeutic riding facility. So, um, we serve adults and children with some sort of diagnosis, whether it's physical, uh, cognitive, emotional, um, any sort of diagnosis. So, our main um, our main program is therapeutic riding. So, we serve adults and children with disabilities who, and we use riding horses to um, like foster personal achievement. So. Whether that is, um, you know, whether they're wanting to work on their actual horsemanship skills, we'll adapt the lesson to um, give them as much independence as possible. If that's what they, if that's what they're wanting to work on as far as horsemanship skills, um, some of our students are working on, um, you know, cognitive goals. So. Uh, So we have a lot of, we have students that are in our program who are nonverbal or um, very limited verbal. And so we will work on, um, you know, building the, you know, working on the goals that not only their family has set, but maybe um, that's been set by um, a professional in their school or something like that. So, I mean, every lesson, you could come in here any day and you would see something completely different. Um, you know, one of my students is a student who has been um who has suffered an injury through uh what was supposed to be a regular procedure on the brain. Um so she used to be a um incredible like she used to be a bodybuilder and very active and she used to barrel race and do all these things. Um and after something happened in her procedure she has a hard time um like she can't walk unassisted so she has to use uh she went from a wheelchair to a walker but um she her verbal skills like being able to come up with sentences and phrases are a lot harder it's almost like if you've seen someone who's been through a stroke um so that's one aspect of it so sometimes we're working on like like, for her, really working on independence and uh, gaining some of those skills back, working on physical and cognitive things, but See, ultimately just that giving is, her independence.
0: That is, like, super relatable to probably a lot of people in the audience, because I'm pretty sure there's quite a few of us out there that have had traumatic brain injury. Yeah. Due to horses so. and stumbling over your sentences and stumbling over words, anxiety, depression, over, just... Uh, social anxiety.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and we have oh my gosh, the amount of um students that we have seen especially after covid like we have gotten a huge influx of students who just have generalized anxiety, depression, um, you know, social anxiety, they because they've been so used to being cooped up and not being out um around other people in a safe setting um so because of that influx we have decided to increase our mental health programming so in the past we have done um mental health programming for veterans and for uh caregivers um but it hasn't been super successful previously uh, we did not have the right people or take the time to set the program up um, for success. So we're super excited that as a team this last year, we've taken the time to really focus on our, um, we've taken the time to really focus on doing the programming, like our main programming really well, and then setting up the right people to revamp and relaunch our mental health programming. So in the fall, we launched a program for veterans, which has been the coolest program that I have ever seen or been a part of. Um, So we partnered with a facility um, in Cincinnati who works with um, homeless veterans that struggle with addiction. So it's been really cool. They come here every, they come here every week. The, uh, facility that we're working with they load them up and bring that here every week and uh, we've partnered with a guy from Xenia his name's uh, Tim Spradlin he is an amazing human I've known him from um, um, my previous job we let them use our facility but he runs a program uh, it's called EGALA so it's a little bit different than the program that we do but it's a mental health it's a program for veterans who suffer with ptsd anxiety um anything like that so we've partnered up with him and uh created an equine facilitated uh counseling program so or the technical term is equine facilitated psychotherapy so we have tim as a peer support person we have a mental health professional a licensed mental health professional and then an equine specialist so the three of them meet together and create, um, a program for these veterans to go through. And man, has it been amazing? Like it has been the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, so the veterans come first week and they, you know, um, from the mouth, from their own mouths, they said, you know, they came into this with the idea of like, they were just wanting to get off property of where they were. They didn't really think that there was going to be a lot of success in the program. Um, All day, every day people are trying to get them to talk about their feelings and um, like open up and they were like, well, you know, at least if nothing else, we get to be outside and away from here. So they came and signed up for a program and um we had incredible results. We had, um, they, you know, they consider themselves like their own herd. You know, that's how they refer to themselves. Like they created their own herd within uh, each other, which well, is pretty have you,
0: cool. Have you ever noticed that when, you know, there are our circle of people, right? There yeah. are a few of us that have served. You ever notice how like those congregate?
1: Yeah absolutely
0: and, and it's just it's that it is a hundred percent a herd mentality and I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people do not get it and they're like ah oh, these vet bros they're always just wanting to hang out with each other They're other vet bro and it's not that way it's no yeah it just, it's something that no one else understands
1: absolutely and I feel like that's why our program hasn't been successful before is because we didn't have someone who was like peer support who could like do any sort of relating you know the people who wanted to run the program before had good intentions but how am I someone who's never been through anything similar going to even try to help or relate to someone who has been through something I can't even understand and so with having uh, Tim he is a retired veteran and a retired first responder um, so he gets it you know he's he's done multiple tours he's done He's seen all the things, um, which has been extremely beneficial. Um so, so what, we partner
0: not, not to cut you short. Not to cut you short. Cause I'm wanting I'm wanting to get more out of you with, with this. Cause um was he a firefighter, policeman, EMS?
1: Uh I believe he is retired fire retired fire chief.
0: Yeah, makes sense. So because, yeah, retired. Like fire again. Chief. Another thing that is 100% a herd mentality is I did the same thing. My military career was was brief compared to a lot. And then I jumped immediately into public service. And a bunch of people did that because, again, it's the herd mentality that we are so used to and people don't get us. So you jump into something kind of chaotic, but it's controlled, that has structure, because that's what you're used to. And it's a mental place that you go because again, it's hard to find people that you can relate to. And then fire EMS and police all typically have the same, um, mental ailments from the job, lack of a better term um, as, as those who deploy the military.
1: Absolutely. And our, so our program is called wish it's warriors in step with horses is what we've, is what we've called it. And so, it's for both, um, veterans and first responders because, you know, there, there can be a lot of them go through the same things. And, um, Tim also services both groups. So, um, we're, we're really excited to expand. We started this year with, um, just the one group from, the facility that we work with but in the spring we're opening up a second session for people from the community so um we're hoping to be able to fill both of those sessions uh which would be really cool i think that i should get you in contact with tim who's the guy who came up with all of this because he's a horse guy which is really cool um and he's a veteran and first responder and he could definitely do this uh, program in particular with more justice than i can
0: i would love to to do more than that like i would love to have tim on yeah but other than that um and at the end of the show i'll let everybody know where i'm going to be in the coming weeks and months but i'm going to be up near you um relatively soon i would love to meet tim and sit down and talk tim.
1: yes i think it'd be really cool to like sit down with so let me explain like how it works so We have there's three key people that go together for this equine assisted um counseling or equine assisted psychotherapy, whatever you want to call it. Um there is the you know educator or peer support person, which is Tim, um, in this in this scenario. If we were to serve a different group, it would be somebody else. Um then we have a mental health professional. So we have a licensed clinical counselor that is Um, she's so she's a licensed mental health professional who's also in the session, and then we have someone who is called the ES, which is called the equine specialist. So that is my role. Um, in a group setting, so the person who is the peer support or educator, they're the person who identifies kind of the goal, like the what goals we should be working on, what. Uh, is relatable to the audience that we're working with. Um, The mental health professional is the person who like, you know, like helps create the therapeutic environment and helps with the processing of, you know, all of the things that we, you know, talk about. And um, it's really, really amazing how people are way more willing to open up when you are just in the presence of these of horses in general, um, you know, like the horses just change the environment so much from being in a office setting where you're just sitting one on one with your mental health professional and they're just trying to pull things out of you. Um, it creates a an environment where you want to share with others, where you want to be, you know be vulnerable because these are big animals that could have a large potential to you know hurt you not hurt you but you know that they, they make you vulnerable because you can't just make them do whatever you want yeah um but we all a lot know of
0: our... we all know it's horse people though once you're comfortable with a horse our horse knows more about us than most people do yes and it's they are a form of therapy if you really need the therapy or not
1: Absolutely. And they just they just create that environment. So um and then with the so along with the mental health professional, we have the equine specialist. So that's the certification that I just went through is to be the equine specialist in the um in the session. So the equine specialist is responsible for the horse and the horse's well being because um you can be going through some heavy stuff and horses are extremely empathetic Um, and knowing the horse and what the horse can handle and what the horse can't and what horse is going to give you the right reaction for the situation that you're, that you're in is extremely important. So um, we sit down as a team and we identify the goals that we're, that we identify the goals that we want to achieve with these participants then we come up with a game plan so an activity of what we're going to be doing that day um and so my role as the equine specialist is to choose uh the horse that i think is going to be the best fit for that scenario that's going to give us the response that we're you know like hoping or looking for um or is going to like because some of our horses like i'm the i'm the person who knows If the horse has had a good week or a bad week, if the horse needs to be, um, like if the horse is going to be reactive, if the horse is going to be dull, if the horse is going to be, um, you know, this or that. And so, um, but the cool thing is, is that you can't, you know, depict exactly what they're going to do exactly when, exactly how, um, things like that. So my goal is just to keep everybody safe and help come up with activities that I know that our horses can um, participate in and that they're gonna be safe in. Um, So I set the goals kind of for the horses, the mental health and the peer support person set the goals for the participants, which is pretty cool. Um, And every program is really different. Like our veteran program, they come out every day and at the beginning, they just go out in the field with the horses and they do grounding exercises to like make sure that they're, you know, like ready for, you know, whatever they're gonna get into that day. Um and as the ES, you have to learn too. Like, for me, something that was really hard was I wanted to be the typical horse person where um, like I wanted to give all the information all the time. And sometimes that doesn't like contribute to the therapeutic environment. And so like learning how to maintain the therapeutic environment and um knowing like what things that you say are beneficial and what things that you can say are not beneficial um so it's it's a it's such a rewarding and like cool experience so um
0: so walk us walk us through this recent uh certification that you just went through
1: yeah because you
0: you you were sending pictures beautiful facility you got to go to tennessee not, yes. not my favorite part of Tennessee. Uh, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and take everybody knows that, uh, if you haven't figured it out right now, I bleed red and black and anything west of Knoxville is fine. Just, yeah, no, I just, Knoxville does it. Knox Vegas doesn't do it for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we were about 30 minutes outside of Knoxville. Um, we, so it was kind of a crazy, kind of a crazy planning week. So um, my goal was to be certified by the beginning of the year, by the beginning of January, because we have mental health programming starting in January. And so the weekend before we were supposed to go to a certification in Ohio, where I'm from, it was about three and a half hours away. And they called us right before and we like, Hey, um, sorry, we can't hold the certification. Good luck. And what? we were like crap because like every other one except for this one in tennessee is like in texas or colorado or it's like forever away not in the timeline that i was looking for can,
0: can i just bring so, up a point that irks me to no end what there's all this crap west of the mississippi it doesn't uh-huh. matter if you want to go to a clinic to learn how to play tiddly winks on horses. There's a clinic for West of the Mississippi <laughs> and they forget there's just as many horses, if not in some cases more East of the Mississippi.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of horses in this area. I just, for us, so path the body that we're accredited through is um, out of Colorado. So I think that it's a little bit easier. Um, a lot of the bigger centers are out West. Um, so and it's like a whole deal to go through these certifications, but anyway. So I,
0: ch- I chuck it up to to land value. I mean, it's probably easier to buy a hundred acres and set up a hundred acre facility in Wyoming or Idaho or or Nevada than it is in South Carolina, Ohio, or Virginia. Yeah, or Vermont. I...
1: So, yeah, and we have a lot of big centers around here too, but. It can just be a lot to have to hold like host these certifications and stuff. So shout out to Lenore City Therapeutic Riding. They have it's called Star. Um, they were amazing. So I the the day after I find out we can't go to this certification, I make a phone call and I call Tennessee because it's the following weekend. Um then that's a week after our certification. So I call them and I'm like, "Hey, like, I know it's past registration date, but I they just canceled our certification. I really need to get certified. I don't want to go to Texas. Please tell me that you have spots left in your certification." And they were like, "Oh, I wish you would have called yesterday because we just canceled our certification." And I was like, "What?" And I was like, "Why?" And they were like, "We didn't have enough participants for the certification," and we needed two more people. And I was like, well, hold on. I have two people. Cause it was me and uh, one of my coworkers. And so these people were amazing. They called every single one of the people who they already canceled, called the facilitators, still asked them to come. And they ended up hosting this clinic, which was awesome. So super thankful for them going the extra mile, recalling everybody back uh, to be able to get certification. Um, The facility in Tennessee was amazing. So for perspective, our center, like we're a pretty medium sized center, I would say, like medium, large. It just kind of depends like on your perspective. There's only a few like super large, large centers. We're the biggest one in our area by far. And we serve around 70 participants a week. Uh, We have around um, we have around. 200 volunteers a year okay on average and then we we serve about 70 participants a week this center in tennessee serves 400 participants a week yeah
0: holy freaking cow. So,
1: uh, massive how,
0: how many arenas do they have
1: they have one
0: they, i mean this is i mean henry ford would be uh he'd be jealous of the of the uh yeah the set up they have there for cranking out stuff yeah now the they line. would
1: now they do split their arena in half because it's so large so they can run two sessions at once but this facility has expanded their mental health program in equine assisted learning so Equine the the mental health programming has to have a mental health professional, but then they also have what's called EAL equine assisted learning. So that is where they are using they have an educator and an equine specialist again, but the educator is somebody like they can teach anything. So um, like they have an after school program for um, like students who need like tutoring, and they use the horses like to keep the students interested to learn academics. They have a Alzheimer's, a program for people with Alzheimer's. So um, their caregivers bring them out and these Alzheimer's patients get to do an equine assisted learning session with the horses, which is super cool. It's unmounted. Um, you know, so some of these sessions don't even take place in the arena. Some Sometimes like these Alzheimer's patients, they're just coming out and you know, grooming the horses and learning how to lead and learning how to attack and, you know, just getting out of their facility and having something recreational to do, which is amazing. They have a, uh, they have a program called Changing Strides, which is a program for at-risk youth. Um, so, you know, sometimes they could be working on like anti-bullying or, you know, just basic, um, you know, life skills you know learning how to or you know learning how to do any sort of life skill but you know involving the horses makes people want to participate you know so anyway they're just massive 400 participants a week um nuts and if you think of it they have over which means they also need 400 plus volunteers a week
0: how how many horses are on science
1: I want to say that they have over 20, like 28 or something like that.
0: I, w- I can't I remember. Thought, off the top of I would have thought more. I was thinking that was going to be.
1: They have two locations, though. So. Okay. They have two locations. And I think they have a total of like 40 horses at both oh, okay. locations. So. Imagine. I that. forgot that they do have a second location. So you they serve a lot. You imagine that
0: maintenance bill a year.
1: Yeah. It's insane. So. I'm just going to throw this out there for anyone that's listening. If you can find a therapeutic riding facility in your near vicinity, you can go to pathinternational.org, find Path Center near you. If you have the time, I highly encourage you to go find somewhere to volunteer because even if you don't have the time, make the time. Because listen, like the things that these centers are doing are amazing. And we, I know we could not, you know, like the only thing holding us back from expanding and serving more people is not having the volunteers to do so. So
0: are you telling me I need to go volunteer?
1: Yeah, you do. Like, it's the most rewarding thing you'll ever do in your life. Like, even if you are not, like, even if you don't want to work with the students independently, even if like people who are mechanically inclined, listen, I bet you those centers, even if you only have an hour a month or whatever, just to fill in to help out, please do it because. you know, I never even,
0: I never even thought about that as somebody who runs a, a a farm uh, and horse property maintenance company. Yeah. I never even thought about, Hey, just volunteering my services to come in a day and just do some odds and ends, some honey do list stuff. Yes. Like, like obviously Mm -hmm. I I can't take on huge projects for free because I can't afford the overhead, but you know, Getting on a ladder and swapping out bulbs in the barn, or adjusting some stall doors for them so they're not dragging, and and uh, hanging up some hooks for for tack or
1: yeah, you, know, you have no idea like I- you have no idea how much that means to a center. Like we are very very blessed because we have two older gentlemen, um, in their seventies and eighties. They come out three days a week. They come out here. They come out here Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They are working their tails off. I mean, like, they are retired, and they just want something to do. And listen, these men in their 70s and 80s are out here weed-eating fence lines, running on our zero-turn mower, mowing our facility, hanging up whatever, doing anything and everything they can. And that is the biggest blessing we could ever ask for. So, like, even if you only have, like, hey, I can only be on the sub list, or hey. I can only come out like randomly, maybe every other month or, you know, something like that. Anything that you can do to help a center is just huge. It's well, huge.
0: I, I would imagine that you would even be willing to have some, some contractors go on your contractor list. i after being vetted, they'd be willing to come out and maybe do uh, cost plus work, which is I will do everything at cost plus just an, a little hourly rate
1: yeah absolutely i mean some centers can afford it some centers can't i mean sometimes they just have to get by um and it depends on like what the projects are you know um but it's i mean it's just a huge it's a huge thing to donate just a little bit of your time you know it doesn't cost you anything except for your gas to get there and back um that just a little bit of time is all that they need and it would be a a big benefit to a center so if you it, it, go it, it on it. path you can go on pathinternational.org and they have a list of all of their centers in all the states um so you know it, even it, if you even if you just have horse experience and they they may need i don't know what their rules are like ours rules you have to volunteer somewhere else to be an exercise rider but like going out there and just exercising the horses uh signing up to help feed or clean stalls or whatever
0: well, and then you, you bring up a, a great point with the exercise and is nine times out of 10, you're dealing with really good horses. So it's a good way to get your feet wet, to get on some different horses. If you have some horse experience. Yeah. That aren't going to murder uh, yeah. you.
1: Every center is going to have their own rules. Like for us, um, anybody who wants to exercise has to volunteer somewhere else for a certain amount of time. And then they also have to be able to already walk, trot, canter independently on their own. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because we would get a lot of people that well, come
0: I don't, out to try to get
1: free ride time. Yeah, I don't you know want any, I mean?
0: even anybody on my personal horses who can't walk right canner.
1: Yeah, so no, we yeah. have, so every center is going to have their own thing. But I guarantee you, even if you have no horse experience at all, the center will have a volunteer opportunity for you. Um, it's a great way, like if you don't, if you used to have horses and just want to be around them. It's a great way to get back in. If you have even a little bit of horse experience, but don't have horses anymore, every center is always looking for horse leaders, they like people to lead horses in the lesson with the students. And it will be the most rewarding thing you've ever done. I promise you.
0: And they're always looking for good horses too, aren't they?
1: Yes. Um, yes. In the in the emphasis is good horses. So please, please don't call your center and be like, I have the perfect horse for you. It has three legs, and it's blind, uh, but it likes to be groomed. Please don't do that. As an equine director, I get calls like that every day, people. But if you have an older retired horse that just needs a little bit of maintenance and is sound, they have to be sound, Well, at least walk trot.
0: But it's a perfect opportunity for those who are... (laughs) younger might be getting started in a career or going to college and they have a really, really good horse and they don't just want to sell it. It's a great opportunity for them and that horse. Plus if you're older and you're downsizing, maybe wanting to move into a town home and you are just wanting, you can't really take care of the maintenance of a horse anymore and you don't want to sell your horse and you want your horse to go to a really good environment where it can be useful. It's a good opportunity if that horse is a really good horse and, and yes, And I know exactly what you're talking about with a really good horse. And it's not just soundness. You don't want to, you also don't want a horse either that, uh, I don't know, twice a month that just takes a spurt and it's just scared of every shadow.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I highly encourage you if you have a horse that you think would be a good fit to inquire about it, but please don't be upset if a center turns you down. Like you have to understand that, you know, I'm the person who screens every horse for my pro for our program. And I bet you, I get three calls a week of yeah. people who think they have horses and, you know, everyone has really good and in- well intentions, but sometimes the center has a specific niche that they're looking for, or, you know, they have very set requirements for what they have to bring in. And it says nothing about your horse. You can have the best horse in the world and it's still not work for a it's therapy not be program.
0: The Yeah, I was just about so, to say, just about to reiterate that, um, I had to say that, You may have a really, really good horse, but it might not fit exactly what that center needs. Yeah. And if they have to put a lot of money in that horse to make that horse into what they need, it's counter counterproductive when they could just get a horse.
1: Exactly. So like our center right now, we have a very, like, I have a lot of horses that are being offered that would probably make good therapy horses, but Mm. I only am looking for two currently. I'm looking for two horses. One is a draft cross under under sixteen hands that is a uh, very stocky build, but has withers, so the saddle won't so the saddle won't teeter totter. I mean like you just getting des- real just des- specific. You
0: just described my half Morgan.
1: Yeah, bring her over here. D- you know, look
0: like she ate a barrel, has withers, big dinner plate feet.
1: Yeah. Like I need something. You know, under, but something that can also carry 200 pounds comfortably. Like, she so that's that. where, that's where I'm at right now is, and then I also need a pony, something <sighs> under, so I need something under 14 hands, preferably around 13 hands.
0: And we guess that, a draft dr- pony would be perfect, wouldn't it?
1: A draft pony would be perfect. Um, but anything like, honestly, I, I don't want something super wide as my only thing because I need something that, that is,
0: quarter horse or semi-quarter horse bars
1: yeah yeah i need something that's not not super wide because a lot of our teeny tots they can't ride something that's super wide because it makes their legs stretch too far why don't
0: you just come load up my two horses
1: i know let me come grab like
0: seriously what you're describing is one and then temperament wise too which i don't know i I actually
1: really want a gelding though like i know i have
0: two i have mares i won't
1: be too picky but we already have a mare a little mare and she's great, except for when she's in heat and then she's trying to kill us, you know. I just can't do yeah. that anymore. So my, I really just want a pony, a gelling so, pony. So, so anyone my pony, listening, if you want to bring one to Ohio for me to look at,
0: so my send ponies, me videos. My pony's job. And I don't have I've never really talked about my pony. Yeah. So but my pony's job uh was she was uh she was a harness horse, she was a cart horse. But then, when she wasn't doing that, and as her her owner got older, is uh, she just sent her to any like kids' pony camp, yeah, that needed a, an extra pony. And so she would just travel all over in the summers just being like the token extra camp horse pony. And then but most of the time, what she ended up doing was the kids that were really scared or the kids that may have uh, had a disability. She'd be their lead line pony,
1: oh, does and she have so, another one
0: uh, so the, uh so yeah, actually, so my pony, the one I got from her, has a daughter, looks identical, a little bit taller, about about uh, half a hand taller. They' get close to that thirteen hands, and uh, yeah, and same temperament, same everything,
1: yep, yeah. Neater. send her my way.
0: And then Layla Layla's just Layla, Layla is like your like your blue Valentine. Like she's just I mean the the light is on, no one's home, and you're not gonna make her do a thing.
1: Yeah. And just need a I need, need the perfect horse. So anyway, we got way off track. That it's yes. fine. People volunteer, like off track. volunteer somewhere. If you have a good horse that you're looking for a great semi retirement home, find a path center. Um I will say the reason I keep saying find a path center are there are a lot of people who have backyard programs that they call therapeutic riding programs and they have the best intentions, but like I can only speak for path centers because we are held to such a high standard. It's called the pro their professional association of therapeutic horsemanship. I was just about um, to ask
0: you, that's that, that is what accredits, uh, therapy yes. riding. Services. Okay.
1: Yeah. So th- I'm sure that there, there's a couple other ones out there. There's, um, EGALA, but they're all unmounted. Not, they're not actual riding programs. Um, I highly suggest that you find someone who is accredited because there are a lot of well-meaning people who say they provide therapeutic riding or therapeutic horsemanship. um, But as a path center, we have a whole book of standards, like over a hundred standards that we have to uphold, a lot of them being very safety-based. And especially if you're looking for somewhere to send a horse, we have a very particular list of how the horses have to be cared for and the condition of them and all of those things. So um, if you're worried about where your horse is going, you don't have to worry if you're working with a path center,
0: and and I want to bring up too. No matter what you're trying to do in this industry, usually there is um, an agency that accredits most things, be it uh, boarding facilities, be it training centers, be it sh- different show barns, be it uh, therapeutic riding, and even some uh, services that are offered for horses that don't require um a lot of licenses there would still be an accreditation for it i had to look for those services and those facilities before you jump out there and just uh yeah get your horse or yourself hurt you know i see that yes. a lot with barns and then um i see a lot with people who call themselves farriers yes you there's know, so many things um people who um oh, man and i'm probably gonna catch some catch some flack but i've talked about it before rescues yes there's a lot of people that call themselves rescues and they're i would say probably 75 percent of the people that say they're a rescue really aren't
1: yeah absolutely
0: so yeah absolutely definitely accreditation in anything in this industry goes the extra mile
1: absolutely yeah and uh as far as path goes there's member centers and but we're a premier accredited center, so we're the top level, which means we have to uphold all the standards. So, if you're really, you know, if you're worried about where at whatever, if you have someone who might be interested in participating or sending a horse, I would strongly recommend to find a premier accredited path center. You can find them on the website pathinternational.org. Um, so definitely look them up. But um, going back to the certification that I went through, so told you guys a little bit about what the facility was like. It was amazing. Um, I have such cool pictures and, um, like that was just the start of it. So that like, of course the facility was amazing. Um, our facilitators, so the people who were instructing, we had an equine specialist and a mental health professional there. Um, easily the most amazing, facilitators I have ever had for any sort of clinic or workshop um they were so encouraging but also would call you out on your stuff if you weren't you know doing what you need to be doing or um you know like ruining it for other people or anything like that but they were very supportive um very knowledgeable I learned I was a little worried going into it because this is a lot about horse care and um, like reading the horse and making like, you know, making sure that that horse is, you know, in a place where it's accepting like what you're doing. So in therapeutic riding, the horse doesn't really have the option to say no. It's kind of like, listen, you got to do this and you got to do it right because, you know, you have so many things that could go wrong um with somebody riding, but for the mental health and the unmounted programming, the horse is allowed to say no. Like the horse is allowed to be like, listen, I don't really want to be in this situation. And so um that's a really cool thing about it. And being able to like watch and help foster that. Um so anyway, going into it, I was a little worried that, you know, like not to sound too full of myself, but I I've I've been in the equine industry full time since I was, you know, just graduated high school I've never had a non-equine related job so you know I'm pretty you know knowledgeable about reading horses and that kind of stuff so I was a little worried that it was going to be a clinic that was just going to be like okay like let's just get through this and then they can sign off and I'll be done um but they presented the information in such a way that was just you know like it was it was a learning experience for everyone no matter what level of equine knowledge that you had which was really cool i see you, you know, wanting to say something
0: yeah you know my level of equine knowledge is minuscule so yeah, that whatever. Would be good for me i don't i don't know anything about horses
1: well it it wasn't like a knowledge-based class it was more about like seeing things from a different perspective because as a path instructor like the therapeutic riding you know you're finding a way to make sure that the horse can be used as like a tool for your learning session. Okay. Yeah. Where in the, like the unmeted programming, it's making sure that this is the right thing for the horse, which is, it's a very different concept. Um, So that was pretty cool. And then I can't even tell you how amazing the other people who participated in the clinic were. I mean, they were, they were some of the coolest women I've ever met and it doesn't just have to be women but it just happened to be all women in this in this certification
0: I'm offended
1: Um, eh, whatever I don't really care
0: it's fine I'm, I'm like Flynn the mule I'm offended
1: but these we had people from every background from every um different type of programming and it was just really cool and um. It's rare to find a group of women who get together in the same room and everyone just immediately gets along. Everyone is super open. Everyone is super accepting. Like there was no butting of heads. There was no anyone thinking they were better than anybody else. Um, And man, was that a cool experience. Our facilitators kept going like joking, being like, man, I wish you guys just get along more. I mean, wish you just get along better, you know, because um, it really sparked like a lot of conversation and a lot of uh, good times. Like even the last night, we all went out to dinner together um, before our skills test that we had to take. And um, it was really cool. It was it was really cool to hear all the different programs that are out there. Like uh, one of the ladies, she came from Virginia and she's part of a program that is starting, it's branching off of a traditional therapy setting. So it's a facility that offer, that offers physical therapy and occupational therapy. And then they also have mental health services and someone donated some land. So they started an equine program, like from a traditional setting, which is like, so they're just getting off the ground and it's really cool that they're sending, you know, some of their current workers. She's already a horse person, um, through this training to enhance, cause they've realized like how much, you know, equine therapy can be beneficial even to a traditional therapy setting. Um, there's another lady who um, is just interested in like her area doesn't have anything to offer. Um, and she's seen the benefits of, you know, equine therapy, whether it be uh, equine assisted activities or actual therapy, Um, so she's looking into starting her own thing. Uh, Another girl is from, um, she's young and knows exactly what she wants to do. She's in college for, uh, therapeutic riding has already gotten her, uh, riding certification and is now looking at adding a, um, you know, the equine specialist role, which is cool. Like she was actually the youngest person there. You have to be 21 to get the certification, but uh, Path gave her an accommodation and she is through at 20. So she, um, she has to finish the rest of her certification. But um, it was super cool. Like she's super young, but knows exactly what she wants to do and is going to, like, I was blown away by her and how professional she was.
0: So you've already got, there's already two strikes against me. I don't know anything about horses and I'm not old enough.
1: Oh, that is not true. You?
0: Yeah, I'm not old enough. I mean, look at this. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. obviously 19 years old,
1: <laughs> but it's just really cool. And like, there's another lady who is a volunteer at a center, and they're just very overwhelmed because they have a huge foster care program. So they've a uh, um they work with a foster home, um and a lot of the students that are coming are uh, at risk youth, and so she's been volunteering for that program, and they needed another equine um specialist to be able to help with that program so she went through the certification to be a part of it so it was just a really really cool group of women who are gonna be out there and like making lives better and it was a it was awesome to be a part of
0: I better correct myself though because there's a lot of people that take everything that they hear and see on the internet to like heart and think it's truth there's gonna be some out there, you know. He's really nineteen and he doesn't know anything about horses. <laughs> I'm forty and I've been around horses my whole life. People, it's it's okay. You're
1: not forty yet.
0: I'll be forty in April. Close yeah. enough. I mean, after thirty-five, you're practically forty. I got a while. Yeah, hutch, it's coming.
1: <laughs>
0: it's coming. That Sorry. ground, that ground is gonna start looking very hard in a couple of years.
1: It already does.
0: Like you, you sat sit up there and you look down. And you're like, you need to behave today. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, but I don't know. It's just, it's just a really cool thing because there's so many. I feel like there's so many toxic areas of the horse industry. A crap time. Um and even in therapeutic riding, there can be toxicity among people. But to be part of such an amazing group and the job that I work at now, it's just the Best environment I've ever been in and being able to serve people who need it with horses. I mean, like, I don't know how like sorry everybody, but I have the best job in the world.
0: Oh no, whole hardy to break it to you. Whole, I, I mean, I, you. you want you want to trade with me? Go well no. all day? Yeah, that's what I thought.
1: Zero percent.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So so if you're someone who's looking for Guidance or trying to decide what they want to do in life with horses. There's a lot of things that you can do, but I was really lucky to specialize in uh, therapeutic riding early on and stick with it. Um, I've learned a lot, a lot along the way. Um, so I do a little bit of everything I do, um, but mainly my main job is to um, do all the training of all of our horses that come into the MDOR program. Um, and oversee that and then get into fundraising too. But um, there's a, there's a lot of cool things out there to do and ways to be a part of it and ways to get involved. So if you guys do ever it, have people. any questions, feel free to reach out to our Instagram page.
0: Well, we have, we have a okay. show email and I need to give you all the credentials for that. So you can get in there yeah. too. It's in the thing. You can email the show at horses eyes, podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram behind the horse's eyes, Facebook behind the horse's eyes. Um, In the notes of every episode is mine and Jess's Instagram, TikToks, Facebooks, all of that stuff. Though I don't answer my personal stuff a lot. Like on my, I need to set up a professional Facebook. I have a professional Instagram, which makes life a little easier. Because uh, I get so many people I don't know wanting to add me on on Facebook. But that's fine. You can reach out and send me a message. But if you add me and I don't add you back, it's not personal. You know, it's just...
1: Yeah. Personal lives sometimes just have to be personal.